1: Taylor Stevens, New York Times bestselling and award-winning author of kick-ass international thrillers, and this is the Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt one word at a time.
0: Taylor, last week during the show, um, you mentioned the A Team, and I was assuming that <laughs> w- when you were talking about the A Team, you were talking about the movie. I assume there is a movie about the A Team, and that's what you're talking about, rather than the TV show.
1: Yes, actually, it's a movie, Um, and I for just saw the uh, episode of the TV show for the first (laughs) time like a week ago. I just saw like you know maybe ten or fifteen minutes that was playing you know in somewhere where I was, and I was like, oh okay, I'm a child of the '80s, but I never got to watch TV growing up, so the A Team movie was the first I ever saw of what the A Team was.
0: And I was a an A Team TV show junkie back when I was uh, a much younger person, and I really enjoyed it. So that's the first thing that popped into my mind. But but I, I bring this up because I find it interesting that so often when you're talking about um, a specific story structure thing, and not just you but other people who um, – help to enlighten us about the writing process, they often use movies because there's a lot more shared experience with watching movies than there is with reading certain books. And it's, it's a two hour thing versus a 300 page thing. So it's easier. Yes. It's easier true. to, to, to pull things out that you can use. And I, I wanted to mention that, but I didn't want to interrupt the flow that there is this YouTube channel that I have been really enjoying and, and, what the, the guy does who runs the channel, he breaks down movies into like story structure type things. And I always learn something from, in, in, with regard to story structure and just the craft of writing, even though this is all about screenplays.
1: Right, And And like we like we said, we were talking about last week that it's a very, very different writing process Mm -hmm. for creating those scenes, movies versus um, books. But storytelling as a craft is pretty constant. Yes. And some of
0: the like I have not seen a lot of the movies, but I've just you know, I'll go through these. Like if I'm doing the dishes or something, we've got a TV in the kitchen and I'll put one of these on and they, they last like 10 to 15 minutes. And there's always some nugget in there of that, that I that, that helped to make things more clear um, so for me. Are you going
1: to tell us what this... I am?
0: It, it, the <laughs> the podcast is called Lessons from the Screenplay. Okay, and it's it's very popular. One of my favorite one one of my favorite episodes is called Creating the Ultimate Antagonist, and he uses the dark the movie The Dark Knight, which is the one with the Joker. Okay. as the ultimate antagonist. And it's, it's just a fun, the way he goes through the details to show how the antagonist was created and why, it was, why he was created this way. It's fascinating. And I, I can highly recommend it to people who are interested in story structure and things like that. It's fun. They're 10 to 15 minutes each. And I find them very useful. So that's... That's awesome. That's what I've got for this week. That's great. And we've got more questions and answers this week which is yes. yay for yay for us
1: yes continuing on where we left off. Last all
0: right so the first question is bear with me for a second while i get it all right this is i'm paraphrasing here a little bit the the question came from a person who was struggling to finish a story not that they couldn't get to the end. But the more they went back and worked on the story, the more they changed things. So their question was, I I feel like I'm never going to get to the end. What am I doing wrong?
1: Right. So I had some time to think about this one. And because we kind of hammered the home the point of you need to finish you need to finish you need to finish but that's completely different like that's just actually getting your butt in the chair and doing the work and getting to the end but what happens if you're you have your butt in the chair and you're doing the work and then you never get to the end because it's constantly changing right and i think in a case like this the reason it's constantly changing um it's not it's because it's possible the person doesn't actually know what their story is about so like when you have when you're an organic writer which i think is what the case is here and you haven't really thought through much it's really easy as you're going along to sort of go off on sort of a daisy trail about this character that character and this story and and all these ideas come to you and if you don't actually know what your story is about, it's even easier to just write about all that stuff. And then things just kind of grow out of control. And, and you have all this great material, but not really don't know how to tie it together. And so you're trying to force it back into the plot. And I remember, Steve and I, you talk about the, You and I talked about this a long time ago. Um, before you started writing, working on the book you're working on now... It's one of the, I think, one of the earliest um, writer conversations you and I had. You're working on a story that started in one direction, but then there was this backstory, so it started somewhere else, and then it kind of sort of tied together, but then there was this other thing over here, and you weren't sure how to make that fit, and we kind of had a similar discussion, you and I, of what is this story all about? Are you, and I'm just filling in the blanks here, you know, are you writing about an investment banker? Are you writing about, uh, you know this kind of fraud? Are you writing about this other thing over here? Because you've got this mishmash of all these different things. So if you're an organic writer, especially anybody can do this, but if you're an organic writer, especially it's really helpful to sit down and, and ask yourself, you know, what is this story about? This story is about, um, a, a girl and her cat who, you know, are both, um, you know, orphans. And together, the girl and their cat looking for, you know, brothers and sisters or whatever, find their connection in a a fantastical realm that, you know, is imagination or something like that. Right. So that's what your story is about. So as you start veering off into, you know, talking about this history or the cat's magical, has magical powers, whatever it is, as it starts to veer off and kind of grow out of control and it doesn't really all tie together anymore, these scenes that you're writing, ask yourself, Is this does this pertain to what the story is about? So let's say it takes place in Detroit and now all of a sudden the story is going into this long explanation or a couple of chapters talking about, you know, the, the way that um, that Detroit got decimated, and now these there's all the, all the abandoned houses, and how they had to get um, torn down, and all the wide open spaces now in these neighborhoods that are just empty, and and all that. And it's like, is that really what your story's about? Are you writing about Detroit, or are you writing about the girl and her cat? Because yes, you can have some of that stuff but you only have enough of it as to how it pertains to your story. So you might get halfway through your story and realize, oh, I actually do want to write about Detroit. I don't want to write about the girl and her cat. Well, that's fine. You can still have your girl and your cat, but now you need to restructure your plot so that it actually is about Detroit, right? You, you can write about multiple things, but you still have your primary um, thing that you're writing about. What is this story about? And you just have to be vicious in cutting off those tangents and that's not difficult for somebody like me who's so burnt out on writing anyway that I want to write (laughs) as little as possible but for somebody who's really enjoying the process and is just loving writing about this and loving describing this and loving getting into this character's head and all that kind of stuff that's where you got to be really careful because it's so much fun so yeah your story's never going to end because you'll be like oh but there's this and then I can figure out how to tie this in and then you lose sight of your plot and by plot I don't mean you know like this really hard and fast thing, and you're losing sight of your story, what you're really writing about.
0: And I find myself constantly um, thinking, oh, I'd like to add this element, or I'd like to add that element. And one of the things, that, and we talked about this, we talked about this before, um, I was pleased with myself for not going off on tangents while I was finishing the, the draft of the Reggie book and, and doing other things because I would have these ideas and then I would, ha- I would just jerk myself back like, you know, a puppy on a, on a leash getting jerked back onto the sidewalk. And it's like, okay, that's not what I'm writing about now because if I try and incorporate that element into this story, it's going to completely change the story and I may as well write a different book. And that's not what I'm doing right now. I'm writing this book
1: exactly exactly but but it you doesn't do that
0: it doesn't because, mean i don't want to do it constantly
1: no no that's fine that's where that's where you teach yourself not to do it or you go ahead and write it and put it in a separate file and go that's for another time and i'll find a way to use that idea somewhere else um if you're enjoying it you know you then you have to make your decision oh do i want to write this or do i want to finish my story you know because there's always a you know, there's a, a sacrifice no matter what you do, right? And there's no right way or wrong way. The goal is to finish a story unless you just want to perpetually be writing and not finish a story. And if that's your thing, that's totally cool, too. But if you want to actually finish a story, then you kind of have to discipline yourself to do what you've just said, right? Um, but I think that you were able to do that and say, no, this doesn't belong in the story because by that time, you actually knew what the story was about, Right. And so you yes, say, and I can, I can actually belong.
0: see if I try and wedge this in here that I've got to change these other 19 things and it's going to completely change the character and yes, it would be nice to have a talking dog, but and' that's, <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. but uh, yeah, I mean it, it just changes too much, and I could see in my own mind I will never finish this.
1: right. So I think really it all boils down to, do you know your story? And it's a lot easier to know your story if you're an outliner, because you can get all that stuff sorted out. But some authors are just, if they have to outline and they know what's going to happen, they lose all interest in writing. So if you're an organic writer, then sure, you don't know the story, but you at least have to know what it's about. You have to know what started it all off. Why is this person in this place that they are today? What is it they're hoping to attain? Who are they as a character? And then, you know, you can explore that to your heart's desire as the story goes along. And you kind of have to also know what you're writing, you know, Um, because different genres have different expectations. And if you think you're writing a thriller and then it turns out to be this, you know, Family Saga well, you might want to go ahead and just cut out the thriller elements altogether and save yourself the drama, right? Or let's say you're writing a family saga but all kinds of other thriller elements come in. Well, maybe you want to cut out some of the family saga and stick to the thriller, right? So, you kind of have to pick what it is you're doing, and the more mishmashed it is and the more blended up it is, not only is it the more more difficult for you as an author to tie it all together, but it can be confusing to the reader to even know what what it is that they're reading. Like that's why genre itself is so popular. It's, it's frustrating for authors to have to be pigeonholed like that. People like me who don't really write to the genre, it's, it's frustrating because there's nothing to compare to, but you've got to kind of fulfill all these tropes and you just want to write a good story. But at the same time, from a reader's perspective, knowing that you enjoyed this, it makes it much easier to go find something, you know, similar over here to read more of it. And if you go looking for something similar and you end up in a science fiction story that's kind of blending a thriller without knowing that you were getting yourself into a science fiction story, well, that's going to cause frustration, especially if you happen to be somebody who hates science fiction, which, surprisingly, people like that exist. So, um, yeah, knowing your story, knowing what it is you're actually writing about, that is the solution to keep from changing your plot and to even understand your plot as you write it.
0: Is it possible to, as you're halfway through the book, to, obviously it's possible to be halfway through the book and not know your story because I've done it. Um, is it possible to be halfway through the book, not know your story and then get it and then bring it all together? Is, is that like a a valid strategy for for doing this for people who are pansters i i heard at a conference one time i think it was dean wesley smith who was talking about writing into the dark was was you know he he would write a scene and then he would sit back and go okay what happens in the next scene and then okay what happens in the next scene and that was his writing style when he was when he was using this technique and I've I've spoken to other people who do the same thing. So there's not actually a plot, but there are lots of points along the way where you stop and think, okay, what's next, and how does it tie into what's already been done, as opposed to just totally freewheeling the whole time.
1: Well, and then the connect the the key thing is, and how does this tie into what's already been done? You know, that's that that's what plot is. So yeah, I'm not really a pantser. I did write the Informationist by the seat of my pants, but I spent a lot of time every day for some reason I had more time back then, Um, thinking about what happens next and how it's connected to what already came before. And then it required going back and fixing things. Every time something would go in a certain direction, I'd have to go back and change anything that didn't work with that direction. So to me, for me personally, riding by the seat of my pants took a lot more time. But again, these are very um, plot-intensive, everything-has-to-connect-together types of stories. Um, I, I don't, it's, it's hard for me to give advice to people who are seat of the pants writers, because I feel that they should be getting advice from somebody who is more in tune with their style. Like, I don't want to give people bad advice Mm -hmm. and I don't want to say, oh, this is the way you should do it. Being completely oblivious to whatever unique issues they're working with, because I, I'm not often in those shoes.
0: And there's so many ways of. I, I, as you were, you were just sort of riffing on pantsing versus plotting. I was thinking of all of the different plotting books I've read, and they're all, they're all different, in that they're all looking for a slightly different way of saying the same thing, but something that will engage your mind so that it makes more sense. I remember one, and I can't remember the author who suggested that you start plotting from the middle and i thought okay i've i suck at plotting from the beginning (laughs) and so i'm gonna i I got the book and i read it and it it made complete sense but i've never been able to even try doing what he suggested i think
1: like as i think about like you know trying to write a tutorial on how to plot a book or something you know Um, because I think plotting is very personal and everybody's going to find their own way to do it that what works for them and that it's ludicrous to try and tell everybody this is the way that it's done. But I think that if I had one piece of advice to make it easy, whether you are um, an organic writer or a plotter, is that you have to understand the inciting incident or um, maybe that's not how other people would connect to it, but it is the, the thing without which... None of the rest of the story would exist or make sense or could happen. So let's say in Liar's Paradox, right, um, which is the story of Jack and Jill and their mother, Claire, and all of that, the inciting incident for that story, you could say that it was, you know, Claire deciding that she was going to figure out what happened to Dimitri you know, all those years ago. You could say that that's the inciting incident without which none of the rest of the story makes sense. And that's true, but only in the present tense, right? So how far back do we go to really understand this plot? The inciting incident is when Claire is basically forced to make the decision, Claire gets pregnant and is basically forced to make the decision of, you know, do I stay here in Moscow and die? And potentially, or do I try and get out of Moscow, and did my people actually abandon me or not, and she makes the decision to run, right, and raise two kids on her own, and always be looking over her back. That is the exciting incident without which none of the rest of the story makes sense. But we don't even find that out until like three quarters of the way through the book. So, but all the book, the whole story revolves around that key understanding of the past, right? So in other books, um, okay, so let's look at the informationist, right? What is the inciting incident without which none of the rest of this story would make sense? And it would be um, Richard Burbank, who is the one who hires Monroe in that story, decides that he needs to get this situation with Emily's death resolved. And so he's gonna bring on somebody to put it to rest enough to satisfy uh, legal issues and everything like that. That's the inciting incident. It's never even, I mean, it's barely, barely ever even discussed on the page. The inciting incident is not anything that happened to Monroe. It's it's that without that, there would have been no story of the informationist. So you can go and you can look at all the books that you have have read and go, what is the key thing in this story? That if this had never happened, we would have no story. That's the sun around which all your story element planets revolve. And it, sometimes it doesn't even show up in the book itself. It's something that you as the author have to answer in your head. But once you have that and you understand that, it's like all the planets begin to align. And you can figure out your plot from there because now you have your, your sun that the planets are circling around and as long as you have that sun to guide you then you don't worry as much about the tangents because you know where it all goes back to and what issues they have to, what issues have to get resolved so that's the one i suppose thing i could say if there was a rule or a something that i would think would be worth putting into a tutorial to teach people how to plot it would be just that
0: hmm, interesting Interesting. Okay, so we have one more question, and we actually have time for it. Okay. So that question is... I've only written down t- – I've written down two words. So I'm going to I'm going to paraphrase based on two words and you'll you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong. But I, I, I think this is how to transition through time changes and location or or right, scene changes. Right, right,
1: right. So is it okay to skip time? Like how do how do you do all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Because let's say you have a character that's in, you know, New Mexico on Sunday and they need to get to New York Uh, by thursday right what happens between sunday and thursday if they're on a road trip right or taking a bus or whatever do you need to show every single day do you need to show all the stuff that happens along the way and as with everything in writing there is no hard and fast rule about it you just really don't want to bore your reader right so it depends on the story it depends on what you're doing and is that road trip part of part of it or is it um is it just going to be filler because you really just don't want filler. So let's say that it would be filler and you just want to skip it. What do you do? Well, you open the next scene with Thursday in uh, New York. Is that where they were going? <laughs> Thursday in New York, so-and-so uh, woke with you know dread or whatever, right? That, it, that's as simple as it gets. It's like the time is just cut. You don't need to montage it. You don't need to do anything. You can just start fresh. The, the biggest thing you have to make sure you do is that you, your reader has all the information pieces to know that time has changed and, if applicable, knows that location has changed and they know where they are and they know what, t- what time it is in relation to where they last were right? So the rule is you don't want to confuse your reader. That's really what you're going after. And as long as you're not confusing your reader, you do what works for you and you do what works for the story. And it can be really, really simple by just skipping all that stuff, if that's what you want. Now, you can also, let's say, for example, that that road trip, or let's say that you need, there's some character stuff that you need to resolve. Well, that road trip can be a really good way to do it, but you don't have to show it in real time. So let's say, you're, you've got uh, two brothers, and they leave New Mexico by road, and um, they're supposed to be in New York by Thursday, right? So you you end one scene with them, you know, pulling out of the dri- the driveway in New Mexico and uh, in Albuquerque or wherever, and whoever character's head we're in is whatever their emotional state. You use that as your hook to close the chapter, like so and so you know, watched the trees go by and, you know, they reminded him of whatever. And that just was right on point with the the disappointment he was feeling. He didn't want to be leaving or whatever. Right. Or they just had an argument. And so when you start fresh with the next scene, next chapter, whatever, you know. So on Thursday, you know, three days later, when so-and-so woke in New York, the— whatever, blah, 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 blah. And then you can say, you know, it was it was a mostly uneventful trip except for and then that's where you start filling in all the stuff that needed to be relayed during that four day trip. You can compress it into three paragraphs if you want just to get done what get included whatever is that character's emotional state any key information you know it was a fine trip except for when they stopped in you know kansas city and brother dearest went traipsing off to a bar and got lost for three hours and it took joe you know all that time to track him down and Dunk his head in water and drag him back to the car, right? Well, that gives you information of what's going on between these two brothers, right? Other than that, the trip was uneventful, and now they were here, and now they had, you know, this many hours before they needed to be at X Y Z place. Continue. So now I now I
0: want to know more because I'm I'm kind (laughs) of. the story now
1: <laughs> that's another way you can do the time skipping right and actually that's a technique that i relied on heavily in in the jack and jill books because there's so much going on and we get moved from place to place so fast um that i have to use that backstory sort of that flashback fill in to to fill in the gaps because there's just no room to show it step by step by step, but also it's really, really freaking boring to show it step by step by step when there's a lot of travel, there's a lot of people being alone. You know, you as a reader, you come alive when there's conversation on the page and these characters are spending so much time inside their heads as the pieces all start getting moved into place. So it's really boring. It, it it is honestly, and so you just your goal is to just try and cut that down as much as possible to get to the conversations, to get to the action, and all that kind of stuff. But you still need to have the boring stuff to an extent. Well, the easiest way to cut it down is to do this time skip and the, just, to, you know, compress four days into three paragraphs and and move on. And then everybody knows what happened and can keep going. Um, there are other ways to do it too, as far as skipping time and whatever, but always the the one rule is try not to bore your reader and make sure the reader knows where they are in time and space. And if you manage those two um, aspects of it, then really your options, it's what works for you, what works for the story. Enjoy.
0: All right. And speaking of time, we are out of it. So that's it for this week's Q&A show. We will be back again next week. I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. Do you?
1: I have no idea. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fingers so s- crossed. Skip
0: forward with us uh, another week and uh, find out. Thanks for All listening.
1: Be right. with you next week.